0: Our goal was to break down barriers to entrepreneurial education, and that's taken us on a journey from Founder Magazine to this podcast and beyond, and today marks the next step in that journey, Founder Plus. I'm proud to introduce you to Founder Plus, which is an all-access pass to each of our online courses and programs and their proven frameworks for success. It puts every strategy we've compiled from world-class instructors at your fingertips, while connecting you to a global network of like-minded entrepreneurs. Founder Plus will take your business to the next level for today and tomorrow. So whether you've just joined our family or you've watched us grow from humble beginnings, we're really thrilled to have you join us in this exciting new phase of making the founder brand and this company the world's best entrepreneurial community to launch and grow your business. So finally, before we get into today's episode, I'm inviting you to come back and Check out Founder Plus and go to founder.com forward slash membership. I'm really excited, guys. This is an incredible new evolution of entrepreneurial education and our mission is really to get as many of these founders that we interviewed to teach and also give back on the Founder Plus platform and really go more in depth with the knowledge and the experiences and the lessons learned that they're sharing all in founder plus so guys please go check it out if you're enjoying these interviews that's it from me i hope you enjoy this episode now let's jump in
1: what you need is thirst you need to be a thirsty
0: human who is intent on learning it's
1: a really fascinating fascinating
2: exploration of human potential Now. 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 now the founder podcast even the greatest entrepreneurs had help
0: Hey Founder Fam, welcome back to another episode of the Founder Podcast. Today we're sitting down with the Demilio family. Mark, Heidi, Dixie and Charlie Demilio have taken their social media fame and passion for content creation and really parlayed it into a lifestyle media empire. At the time of the recording, the family members have a combined following on Instagram of 72.1 million followers and 228.7 million followers on TikTok. They recently launched their own venture and cross-platform company, Demilio Brands, with their first brand launch, Demilio Footwear. Debuting in May with plans to launch a skincare line Zits all right very, very shortly. This is an incredible interview. You're going to find out basically how these guys are going to become probably the next Kardashians. So please welcome to the Founder Podcast, Mark, Heidi, Dixie, and Charlie. Well, welcome, guys. Uh, the first question that I ask everyone that comes on is how'd you get your jobs? And uh, I'll ask Ask everyone. I'd love to hear individually from you. How how would you guys find yourself doing the stuff you're doing today?
3: Charlie, do you want to start?
4: <laughs> um, so outside of what my job is right now, I've really only done babysitting or being a dance <laughs> That's teacher. That's not what he meant. So to start, I never really expected this to be my lane. I've always enjoyed watching people online, YouTubers growing up, and started making random videos with my friends. And through that, um, been able to come, I'd say quite a long way and be able to do really exciting things like join new businesses, have businesses of our own, be able to work with my family, have a show, so many different things that, have all come from just making those little videos. And I was like, 15.
0: Dixie, how'd you get started?
3: Um. Well, Charlie started on social media, and we were in high school together. And I was preparing to go to college. And I wanted some followers so I could get into a good sorority <laughs> at college. And also make a little bit of money because I was going to college. And then Things just kind of didn't stop growing. So now we're here. But I like always grew up watching my dad working and like in the clothing business. And I always loved that. And I worked in like a clothing store in high school and I loved like selling. And I would honestly do the same thing I was doing. I do as an influencer, but for like this clothing store I worked at. So kind of just doing the same thing. But on a bigger level a little bit
0: <laughs> just a little <laughs> and then uh Mark Heidi I'd love to hear like how did you guys get started how how did you guys bring the family together and start to build this incredible empire you guys are building I think one of the
2: I got into the brand business and the clothing business kind of just back in the day um there was I answered Nat in New York Times I graduated college had no idea what I wanted to do and I ended up answering uh, an ad in New York times for a, a, a clothing company based out of Atlanta, but they had a New York sales position. So it was kind of random and that's it. it and it's kind of funny how that uh, that what I did for a living and, and, and getting involved in working for another brand, started my own brand, how that's um, kind of come brought what we're doing now in social media to connecting to what I've done in my whole career
0: yeah crazy
1: Heidi uh so I'm from a small town in Louisiana and I was modeling down there and in New Orleans and I wanted to give it a shot in the Big Apple so when I was 25 I moved to New York City and I got in an agency and I was super excited but realized uh very quickly, and especially at that time, um, I was not five eight or above, so work did not come as easily as I would have liked. So I was a personal trainer that paid the bills, and I did modeling on the side, and that's where I met Mark. Um, but I did enjoy modeling, and it was uh, always something I was consistently able to do, and but knew I wanted to, uh, for Mark and I to start a family and that I wanted to stay home with the girls. And I always said, whenever the girls are out of the house and off doing their own thing, college or whatever, I was going to start my modeling career over again. And so anyway, uh, I guess that sort of happened, uh, in a bigger way and in other ways that I would have never expected. Um, working with different brands, working with our family, like in a time where the girls would be off in college and not hanging with their family. So that's been a great experience and a learning experience. Um, After being out of the workforce for many years, I'm back in and I'm really enjoying it and kind of bringing what I learned when I was younger um, in the fashion business to what we're doing now.
0: Yeah. Incredible. Well, thank you for sharing guys. And I was going to say, I guess most people that would be watching, reading, listening to this interview, they would be really curious around how you've built this incredible brand and brands so fast. Like you guys have essentially come out of nowhere. It's only been about three or four years since you guys started on TikTok. Now you've got the TV show, you've got the million brands. Like Charlie's, you know, one of the like second I think second most followed person on TikTok like this is super impressive I have to ask like how much strategy was involved here like like talk talk us through that
4: so I think it was actually the lack of strategy that kind of intrigued people a little bit the fact that all of this happened so quickly and you know there is no guide. There's no rule book. There's no way to do or not to do this. It's kind of just a figure it out as you go. There's probably ways to strategize a little bit, but that was not something that I have at all focused on throughout this. And I feel like that's very apparent as, you know, I'm navigating this world, growing up, moving out, being, you know, 18, 19, like all of these things, you can really see kind of how nothing is planned and it just kind of happens. There's going to be times where there's a lot of posting or not a lot of posting or working on projects and a bunch of projects come out at one time. It's just, there's no way to to really strategize this because so much is happening all at one time, especially with four people now doing this together in our own little groups, whether it's us two or us two or us two, it's so many different ways that things happen on a day-to-day basis that's so individual to each of us. I think it's a lot easier to just try and navigate it like a human being rather than like a A machine that needs to kind of be told what steps to take next. It's figuring out your life, being a teenager, how to be an adult, how to function on your own, and all of those things. But just a lot of people watching me go through those, you know, fundamental parts of becoming an adult.
0: Hmm. So, when did you guys work out that there was something here and you guys were going to start building? personal brands, not only individually, but also as a family, and then subsequently start launching D'Amelio brands.
3: I mean, I think this started from our childhood. The biggest thing our dad would say to us is protect your brand, protect your brand, and like, how are you going to grow that? And so when we started on social media when we had these opportunities to work with these companies who would pay us a lot of money, and we're like, does that make sense for what you're gonna do in the future? And always having that in the back of our mind, I think even though we didn't know we were going to start a brand company exactly like I think from the beginning we knew something more was going to come and my dad was just always really good at kind of looking at long term and setting us up for life instead of just like make as much money as you can with your 15 like seconds of fame and I think that's why we have a little more longevity than people might have thought we would
0: yeah and when did you launch D'Amelio footwear? Yeah. Start we, to
1: finish.
2: Start to finish. It's only been uh, probably eight months. We've really only been actually selling because it takes a while to design and develop, but it, it was pretty quick. We've only been around for eight months and we've only actually been selling for two.
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay. So how do you guys work out? Like, because you've got the the kind of the D'Amelio brands and then that arm and then you've got certain... Businesses underneath, and I'm assume you'll launch more products and brands. How did you work out what was the first first brand to launch? And how did you work with your audience? What did that look like in your community?
2: Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a a coincidence. We had when we started Demilio brands, we were everything was on the table or a lot of things were on the table. And it just so happened that someone we knew had a had a long history in designing women's footwear. And I was a firm believer that we didn't just want to slap our name on something or do it as a licensing deal that we actually wanted to do the heavy lifting. And, and we, so it, it was a little bit coincidental, but footwear was, was something that was important and, and part of all of the, all of the ladies lives here. And it seemed like a natural progression to, to some of the brand deals we're doing. And I wanted to do something that, even though we focus on women's footwear right now, I want to do something that transcends not just the maybe Charlie's core fans, but people that tuned in to watch Heidi on Dancing with the Stars and people that follow follow Dixie. And it's it's been perfect for that.
0: Yeah, I think it's a it's a really clever play, and then it kind of ties in with also your background, Mark, on the fashion side somewhat. Um, so yeah, and how's it been going? It's been.
2: Better than my wildest expectations. I I will say, you know, and to to the people watching, just a following doesn't always translate to sales, and and you have to build. Uh, fans don't always buy products, and I think what we've learned and what we've always start new from the beginning is to is to create something that is high quality and is a real brand and and brands just don't even with our last name and the following that we have there's no guarantees and we have to do do the the work and that means um everything from our own direct consumer initiatives on our website but also reaching out to retailers and we just got back from uh in the u.s the magic trade show which is the biggest uh one of the biggest apparel and footwear trade shows and we opened up a bunch of new retailers. So it's going above and beyond my wildest expectations.
0: Incredible! And how do you guys know, and this is maybe a, a question to all of you, but maybe more so Charlie and Dixie, how do you know what resonates with your community and audience?
3: I think people just like, especially on TikTok and the audience on TikTok, they like authenticity. And I feel we've done a really good job like promoting things that we like or any... If for a collaboration it's with the company that we use or care about so when we do have the opportunity and now that we're selling our own products people trust us and um because we have like been able to prove ourselves over the years that we're not going to just put our name with something for a quick check
0: yeah i respect that so what does authenticity look like to you guys i know that's something that you guys are really passionate about
4: when you look at someone who's saying that they love something, there's the person that loves it because they're being paid to love it. And there's a true genuine connection, whether it's you and a brand or you and a product or this shoe specifically from this entire line resonates with me. It's the most comfortable, the most flattering, my favorite. I would wear it every day. It means a lot more to people than pushing everything all at once. The best brand deals and the best products that I've pushed that have gotten the best feedback are the things that they see me using every day when it's not hashtag ad or they have seen me wear this for years and now we came out with our own version but better. It's those things that really connect to people and they can feel when it's forced and not true and they'll see right through me, which I think is almost better because it makes us all kind of have more of an incentive to really show people what we love and why and explaining the why and not just saying buy this because I said so, but this is a product that I really believe in and here's why and here's why I think that you guys would like it as well.
0: Um, we'd love to switch gears and uh Talk to Mark and Heidi about balancing strategy and relationships when leading a family business.
2: Yeah, I think I think that we talk about it all the time. That's the hardest part is when to be mom and dad and when to really ha- use our our age, our experience, and our wisdom to really push through when we know intuitively it's the best thing for Dixie and Charlie. And when and when to back off and just be, hey, I want to be dad right now. And from an early, uh, we saw, not firsthand, but saw that people in Hollywood, that the, the the moms and the dads that manage, we never wanted to be that. So we early on we brought a team around us to kind of to 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 guide us where we could be parents first, but ultimately we're the only ones that have unconditional love for dixie and charlie and and are going to tell them straight either way if we think it's not good for them business wise we'll tell them if we think it's not good for them personally and for their mental health we'll tell them but we try to we try to to balance that out it's not easy but we i think we do a decent job at it
1: you know we could all be sharing videos or talking about videos and next thing it's a work conversation that comes out of nowhere and so to respect those boundaries of yeah we're not talking about work right now we've (laughs) you know we have the times we're at our office right now we have meetings all day that's time to talk about work um other times we just have to respect that we're not going to talk about
0: it yeah and what like it must be really hard like You guys are growing so fast. You have so many incredible opportunities. Like When you're all together and you're at the dinner table, what do dinner conversations look like? Do you leave the phone at the door? Do you have anything like?
4: (laughs) It's very confusing even for us. Once again, there's no rule book and so many lines are blurred because I could say, look at this cool photo I posted. And then it's like, wait, but that's work but it's also something that I'm just trying to show you. It's just, it's all very confusing. And there's no perfect day where we're not going to talk about work at all because that's not reality. You know, we have conversations about different things. There's times where we want it to be more family oriented versus, you know, we're in the office, we're doing these things, we're doing them together as a family, but we're also doing this for our careers and the brands and the, those things that also really matter, but then having that true family time where it's not followers or posts or work or deliverables or anything like that. It's just, you know, a normal family.
2: I think opening the office helped us out a lot. A lot of times during the pandemic, we were doing content and we 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 moved to LA, we didn't have an office so it really blurred the lines when you'd be in the kitchen doing content and you know cooking but then talking business and then filming the fact that we have an office and it has really separated it a little bit so we're here in our office in 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 West Hollywood and it it I I think when I'm at your house now or or you guys come to our house it that's more personal more family and this is more business
0: Bill- yeah, that makes sense. Thank you for sharing. Um I'd love to ask uh can you I'd love to hear from each of you like because things have happened so fast and I'm I'm sure you guys didn't plan this like you probably never thought that what you guys have built would be nowhere near where it is today. Um I'm curious do you each have a story where you've kind of just like had this moment where you're just like wow, this is crazy. Um Anything you could share?:
2: I mean, for a dad, I could look at what Dixie and Charlie did and and take one of the things that they've done whether and and that could be enough to make me be proud of them for the rest of my life, and then they just keep out doing it and you know seeing Dixie perform at Madison Square Garden for me, growing up at at go seeing concerts and in the seventies, eighties, nineties at Madison Square Garden and see my daughter there and to see Charlie win Dancing with the Stars, like those two things for each of them. And I couldn't be more proud of Dixie, Charlie, and then Heidi too, which he's done. So I know it's just one thing, but I'm proud of all three of them.
1: Um, For me, I remember it was before season one of our show came out and we were uh, we presented on the MTV Awards, and we're standing behind the curtain about to come out, and I just remember, like, taking that moment. All the years I've watched MTV Awards, I'm sitting here with my husband, and my daughter is about to present, and they're gonna show a trailer of our our show, and it just that, I remember being in that moment of, like, nervous, excited, what is happening with our life and just so proud of like of all of us really to to have held it together that long to get us through and and to lean on each other so
4: I feel like I've had a lot of mini moments where it kind of sets in but I feel like I'm waiting for the big one because sometimes there's so much excite so many exciting things happening all at once You kind of just move from one to the next to the next to the next that you really don't until a little bit down the line kind of sit back and realize, wow, like I actually did that. And that was really cool. And I'm really proud of myself. But I think sometimes for me, in my head, it's like, well, that's not really like me. That's. It's hard to understand that the same person that I see when I wake up in the morning is also the person that's doing all these really really cool and crazy things it gets a little bit much when you really sit and think about all of the things that you're doing and the people that are watching you do these amazing things it's a lot to kind of sit with and it also brings up a lot of emotions and there's been times where I'm talking on stage and I I get that. That moment, whether it was the Kids' Choice Awards and in my speech, you really look out and see all the people, especially gaining a lot of attention during COVID. I mean, the first Kids' Choice Award I went to, the only people in the audience were the three of them. And then this past one, getting to host and win this award and give a speech in front of all of these people, it makes it a lot more real when I, for so long, was posting and there was so many people liking and commenting on the videos, but I didn't get to see them. So there was a disconnection of, does anyone actually care about who I am? But then when you're put in those moments and have those opportunities to see the people face-to-face that have given you the platform, it's, it's really a very crazy experience.
3: For me, I think... Well, the other day I was walking in L.A. and I saw someone wearing Demilia footwear. And I think just seeing like someone wearing something that we created here and as a family with something with our last name on it just brought me like so much excitement and joy. And I think that's the coolest thing about doing the brands because you get to share your start to finish creativity idea, like every single part of it with the world. And yeah, I think seeing someone wearing that was probably one of the coolest feelings.
0: Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode and learning a ton. As you know, in this series, we interview some of the greatest founders of our generation to find out how they did it. However, if you're thinking of starting your own business and you want to hear from some incredible stories from everyday people like you or I who are actually in the trenches, only been building their business for maybe one year or two years, like that are building right now and they're really in the early stages, but they're getting success. You should come and check out our new podcast, From Zero to Founder, hosted by our community manager, Molly Flynn, how do you predict how much stock? How do you predict order quantity? Like, how do you manage all that?
2: Yeah, I mean, for, the reason why there's not a ton of new footwear brands is because the barrier to entry is so high. The MOQ or minimum order quantity is high, so you know you have no idea. Um, that that's one of the reasons why, when you do get a good retail partner, they can help you with the the with the with that planning and and. So, but initially when you just want to start off, you got to swing, take a swing at it and, and ask around and show people and say, what do you like when this, do you like this or that and, and plan it, plan it like that. But now that we're partnering with retailers, we're getting input, not only just from the people, us, us four, and then the people in our company, but you're really starting to get feedback from a retailer in Florida or a retailer in, in we had retailers from South America and and all around North America come to the show, so um, it's helpful. But it, it's it's a risk, and that's why it's it. There, you know, not everyone not everyone does it. It's not it's not for the faint of heart.
0: Yeah, no, I understand. So I'm curious, from a creator standpoint, what advice? And please jump in. Who 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 would like to answer this? Or I'd love to hear is what advice would you have to new creators? Anybody watching this wanting to become a creator and build an audience, build a community from scratch. Like it's, it's, it's a very noisy place, you know?
3: I feel like it, there is a lot on the internet, but also it's been so cool for people to find communities for such niche things that they didn't even know existed. So like, even from like my TikTok to my mom's TikTok or Charlie's or my dad's, it's all different from what we see. So the way like algorithms work now you're seeing what you enjoy because like if you like it you'll see it more so you'll be able to find that audience or the people you relate to and I mean even farther than products like you've met we've met friends or people we've done business with just online through scrolling and seeing the content that we enjoy that they also enjoy so now we're connected so I feel like you just need to start and Do like the community will come because as long as you're posting the things that you truly are passionate about, like you'll find the people who are also passionate about the same things.
0: Yeah. And I go, I guess it's one of those things where you start, you're really bad at it. You're really embarrassed. (laughs) I can see you guys love it. You're really bad at it. You're really embarrassed by your first videos, but over time it gets better and better and better and, and you just never give up, right? You just keep going.
1: Exactly. Just keep posting.
0: Okay. So I'd love to switch gears. Uh, we we put a, a, a few questions out to our community and uh, they've submitted some questions to ask you guys. Um, so Marie Gerstner has asked, uh, Dixie and Charlie, it's not always easy to fit content creation into a busy life. How do you guys stay consistent in creating content and to build it into your schedule. But I I guess this question goes out to also Mark and Heidi. But yeah, how do you guys manage that?
3: I think our biggest thing is, especially now that we've been working on, like doing creative content for such a long time, we do it when like we are fully ready to, that's what we're going to do. Because I feel like people can tell and they get bored if you seem uninterested. So we honestly, most of our videos are probably made in the middle of the night when we have the most energy and we're just like so excited and just like kind of being silly. So I feel in the beginning, we had more scheduled block time of like, we're putting four hours into our schedule this day to film all these things we need to film. And now it's just kind of everything gets done. We just kind we just slip it in somewhere. I think the lack
4: of being on a consistent schedule to make organic content helps with burnout and will help you be able to do this for a lot longer. When you ha- when you have a scheduled time to sit down and be creative, it's not going to come to you every single day at the same time when it's time to make videos. You have to really move with yourself like I think I'm one of the least consistent people on social media where I'll go a while without posting and then I'll post a bunch of videos in one day because I really felt inspired that day or I had a lot of free time and I just wanted to make a bunch of random videos and it's giving myself the freedom to really be able to not feel forced to post random content that's labeled as organic because it just doesn't it People, doesn't resonate
0: yeah no that makes sense Dougal and Christian have asked uh when you guys started did you have a research strategy in place on how to grow your followers or did you just go by gut feeling at first
3: I don't even think there was a thought yeah how to grow followers I yeah. just kind of thought it would stop <laughs>
4: I think every day it was kind of waking up and being a little bit confused and wondering, but when's it all gonna kind of stop? Because that was, there was no way to understand what was happening at the time because it had never happened the way it did on TikTok. It was just a very weird time and all of the unknowns made it impossible to have a strategy you know even being able to get to really speak to these platforms and asking them what works what am I doing and they I would ask them why is why is why are so many people watching my videos and they would come to me with the same questions why what are you doing (laughs) well no what are you it's just kind of a a lucky accident in the best way that gave me this huge platform to now kind of just share my life. But there's definitely no strategy behind it. There's no rule book. It's kind of whatever feels right
1: is what we're gonna work on next. I, I feel like too early on, because TikTok was still very new, um, they used to call it the Wild Wild West. And I mean, I remember there was Charlie sat and ate a bowl of soup. It wasn't even live. It was just for a TikTok video. And she was gaining a million followers a day. There was a trend. I don't know how many of the same exact videos Dixie did where she's just staring right in the camera. Didn't do anything. A million followers a day. And people are like, why is everyone following these people? They're not
3: doing anything. We're like, we know. We're confused, too. Like, I have no clue. I'm not doing anything. Like, I can do stuff. I'm just not showing it on TikTok. And it just wouldn't stop. Yeah. But now with the show, people have been able to, like, learn our personalities more. So I feel like people could see our every side of us. And now with the brands, it's... Kind of the business side and you also get to see that growth on the show as well
0: uh, that's awesome thanks for sharing guys uh, this is a technical one but I'm gonna ask it because I'm just genuinely curious myself Lindsay from our committee has asked all of you guys would love to hear more about your collaborations that you do and how you track the conversions and really kind of how how do you how do you how do people how do brands know if it's a success because so often now we look at kind of influencer marketing or working with creators. And it's a bit hit and miss. Like you said early on, Mark, like there's a lot of people or individuals or brands that have followers, but it doesn't mean that it equals sales for a product or service.
3: Again, like as long as we're being authentic, I'm not going to go out and sell soccer balls because no one's going to buy that from me. Like (laughs) that's just not what I do. But if I wanted to sell shoes, I wear shoes. I put together outfits or... Like, our clothing brand, or something that makes sense for me. I feel like that's how you know. But, like, sorry. Um, I mean, Charlie with Dunkin' Donuts, like, she was putting in every video anyways and just drinking it every day. So people would, like, see people who follow Dunkin' Donuts or are big Dunkin' Donuts fans probably were seeing Charlie's videos and, like, oh, she drinks Dunkin'. So. And that was for a very long time
4: completely. That was not a brand deal. That was not an ad, not sponsored. That was just the content that I was posting at the moment. And there's, there's really no way to go into a brand deal and say, I know that this video will get this many views and this many likes. Therefore, it will get this many sales. Because you don't know. You could post two of the exact same videos two different days. One does amazing and one doesn't do so well. That's what it is that social media people gain interest and lose interest very quickly and I think it just takes open communication with these brands and companies and thankfully having D'Amelio brands it really gives us full creative freedom to do things very quickly when working with some brands you give them an idea and by the time they get back to you that's a week old and no one cares about it anymore. Mm-hmm. So being able to work directly with Demelio brands and advertising the shoes how I want and making the videos, that's a cool video to make for these shoes. I'm going to make it right now. I don't have to ask for permission mm-hmm. or is this going to be okay? Is this going to align with the values of the brand? Because this is us and this is something that we're excited for and continuously working on. And want to do well, and want to share with
0: people. From what I'm hearing you, from you guys, you never, you never really kind of have a structured planning process. Where do you gain inspiration from, though? Like, who, like do you guys have creators, or, or even just businesses that you guys follow, where you're just like, wow, these guys, are, these guys are the best. We need to keep working towards doing what they're doing, or anything, anything there that we could learn from. Like, who, yeah.
2: I think one of the things I, I would want to say is, although there's the the content and what we post and when we post is is somewhat haphazard, and we don't really, we did put an effort in on making sure that we set up the teams properly, and we did put an infrastructure in place to to from business managers. So for people who are watching, like that stuff's really important. Business managers, agents. We we knew we didn't know everything, but and so but to to the earlier point that was the one thing that we did but we didn't we still to this day like I don't I would never the joke was that Heidi and I would make the girls do content I, I have no idea how many times they post what they post nor nor do I care as far as people like that we look up to I mean I I started D'Amelio Brands looking after what you know, Gwyneth Paltrow did, and what Jessica Alba did, and I I realized that that although we still should do endorsement deals, and we'll continue to do endorsement deals, those were the people I looked at. Like, wow, they got it. They they not only have a large piece of ownership in their in their own brand, they have creative control, which is going to create that authenticity but and, and keep the whole thing going with by by owning it and being a partner in it it creates something authentic which the consumer and the follower believes in just be the way it's happening
0: very interesting so um we have to work towards wrapping up guys could uh could uh get you guys to share your incredible stories all day um this has been awesome uh i'm curious uh you know many people would look at you guys and you know Incredible family, so much success, TV show, these amazing brands, hundreds of millions of followers. Um, They would think you have it all. Can can you have it all?
3: Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel like we do a really good job of balance or trying to balance everything that we do. And it does get difficult. And we do have times where we come together and it's like, is everyone still happy? Does everyone still want to do this? And I think the fact that we keep doing that helps us want to do this longer because we know like we've all made this really clear like if anyone doesn't want to do this don't you're you don't have to do it and I think just like keeping that communication especially working with a family and we do the show together and we're on the brand stuff together and then also staying on the same page with like our personal lives can become difficult but I think we're we're getting better at it. But
2: I think this is the all for us. It's like there's no amount of money or notoriety that takes the place of the what you have in in the mutual love and respect of a family and I think that's that's the most important thing. I think that's why we do resonate with a lot of people because we people see and feel the love we have as a family for each other and I think it resonates with with the people that look at us. So this, we had it all, like, the day, you know, the day I met Heidi and she gave birth to Dixie and then Charlie, like, we had it all way before anything. And this is just all icing on the cake, so.
4: I think it's also just keeping in mind how truly lucky we are to have been kind of thrown in this crazy world of social media at such a time where, You know, we've really kind of been there kind of through a crazy change with social media and understanding even on our worst days how truly lucky we are to not only have the careers and support that we have, but also just to have, you know, each other and consistent love and, you know, working bodies and healthy bodies and just really thinking down to what matters as a human being rather than anything else.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I respect that a lot. Um I'm curious as well, a couple last questions and we'll wrap. So when you guys were starting to really blow up very, very quickly, you would have got a lot of um people that want to partner with you guys, do business with you guys, represent you guys. And uh, it's really difficult to navigate who, how, how to know who to trust. Do you guys have any advice? I can see I, I maybe hit the nail on the head here. Um, do you guys have any advice around that, around building business relationships, working out who you can trust, how to know who to partner with, how to know who not to, to make sure that you you, know, you don't get um, screwed over?
1: I think, number one, trust your gut. And number two, don't rush something just because you're excited and you think, oh, this, you know, I got to partner with this person because I I may never get the opportunity again. You have to really pay attention to everything the best you can. I mean, even people who are really good at this get themselves in situations that don't work out. And, you know, you, you just learn the hard way sometimes. But yeah
2: yeah I think it's in it's a lot of instinct I think if you if it doesn't feel right that's I think you should go with your instinct sometimes um I I think we we were lucky enough to to have put people around us that had great reputations and I mean we we signed with UTA which was you know it's hard to go wrong with with uh,
3: why did we sign with them What's that? Why did we sign it
2: Oh, yeah, yeah.
3: This was at the we beginning were, when we really we had did, no did, clue. They brought us food to our snacks, meetings. Snacks. And snacks. that was kind of the thing that we were like, this is going to work out,
1: they which was a great us.
3: choice. Yeah. And we're really they also had happy. my, like, coffee order ready for me
1: from yeah. Dunkin'. And they they also like... had a... A Whoa. great presentation besides yeah, it's the some, snacks and that's the that's what got us too. Yeah. Yeah. We did it. I was like fifteen. I yeah. Know. yeah. They had a great presentation and they saw more than just two young girls posting on TikTok. They saw a full plan of our family and what could be. And they sort of painted that picture for us. So it just—we met with other agents, and this just felt right to all of us, especially the girls with the snacks. We
2: also went with our um, the company that produces our show because they had snacks, they also. Had snacks. Yeah. So, yeah, we're not giving you the also-
1: that was what my gut said to do. Yeah. <laughs> but they were also really funny and really smart. And I think the other thing is to like educate yourself as much as you can, so you don't leave yourself in the hands of someone else to oh come on I'll help you and you don't know better you know I think with just the internet you can learn a lot and do your research and we picked our PR off of snacks too yeah Yeah. she
2: brought bagels Bagels. from New York She did. yeah so if you want
0: to hire the D'Amelio's for anything
3: just
2: (laughs)
0: bring us some food we're good to go awesome well look um one last question for you guys and then we'll wrap uh I guess uh what's next what excites you guys especially from a business context like what what are you guys excited about with Demilia brands what are you guys launching next anything that's exciting what's next where like how, how far do you guys want to take this thing
3: I think the footwear is something we're most excited about we obviously have a couple things in the works but don't want to give anything away yet but being at magic in Vegas the trade show was so exciting being able to see people excited for our future drops because we did have our some of our newer collections there. And I think we're just going to get better and better at it. And even like the social media side, we're like, what should we post? Like we have all this creative freedom where it's kind of scary of how are we going to share people, share this with people? So I think
0: that's what we're excited about. Great. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much guys. We will wrap there, but this was an incredible interview, incredibly raw, real, authentic and uh, this is going to really help a lot of people in our community. So thank you.
3: Thank you. This was awesome. Thanks for having us.
0: Hey, guys. I hope you enjoyed this interview. As you might already know, our mission at Founder is to help tens of millions of people every single week with our content, either start or grow their business, which is exactly why we're partnering with world-class founders such as Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel